This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. When veterans return from World War II, the government needs a solution to the housing shortage. They need affordable homes built quickly. They turn to a man who makes gas stations. His houses look like, well, they look like gas stations. When you drive by a Lustron house, you may not notice just how different it really is. People are intrigued about this house, and they have been for years. It sort of blends into the neighborhood, even as more contemporary homes are built around them. Once I saw it, I knew I wanted it, but I didn't know that I wanted it until I saw it. What makes a Lustron house different? They're made of metal. So even the kitchen cabinets are metal? Correct. They make a little bit of noise. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> a father and daughter start a campaign to catalog these unique homes, which are gaining more interest from nostalgic people. as less sentimental people tear them down. Whoever thought steel could be so cozy? Lombard, Illinois is one of those suburbs that has plenty of room to build homes after World War II. And today, 24 still stand in this town. Amy Thomas's family has lived in this one since 1967. Well, let's go into the living room. Okay. The entire house is 1,013 square feet. Two bedrooms, one bathroom. Correct. Yes. Come in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people want to do that. It's yeah. like, really? It's all steel? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. There's a certain way to manage a home made of porcelain enameled steel. You never have to paint. You never have to do any type of construction work to it. Um, What's the minus? You can't paint. <laughs> it comes in just a few colors and just a few floor plans. But after all these years, it's hard not to notice how unique it is. To hang pictures, you need magnets. After World War II, Carl Strandlin convinces the government to let him make prefabricated homes similar to his gas stations. His sales pitch? The Lustron home defies weather, wear, and time. Strandland turns out to be right. 2,500 are built. Many are still standing. A factory in Columbus, Ohio makes a dozen houses a day. The parts are loaded on trucks and shipped to the customer. They would drive up, set up a framework, and then put the panels inside and panels outside, roof on top and you had a finished house. Tom Fetters is a research scientist. He has cataloged the homes in his book, aptly titled, The Lustron Home. In 1949, they cost $9,000. That's about $100,000 today. It was a good deal. The story of Tom Fetters' Lustron catalog starts on a family road trip. To pass the time, he'd tell his young daughter, Jean, to try to spot the metal tile houses. She's, oh, Dad, there's one. Oh, Dad, there's another one. More than a decade later, when Jean needs a history project, she remembers the road trips. 
And so we just thought, what is it about these houses? They look like gas stations and that's weird. At that point in the 80s, you know, we didn't have the internet. We couldn't just type in Lustron and pop up a whole report. It was go to the library and start digging. Ellie Quintana embraces the vintage outside and inside. We've got the cabinets here, everything slides open and uh, you can fit a lot of stuff in there. We've got it's kind of old-fashioned and it's fun. You know, I was a punk rocker when I was a kid. Went through the goth phase, the rave phase. Then I just got older and I like pretty stuff. I'm just a big fan of pretty. She has accessories from a few different decades, but it all seems to work together. I feel like the 50s and 60s, it's kind of a, they had a big sense of wonder about everything. And uh, it's just such a nice look. Even the old photos on the wall aren't from her own family album. This couch was originally from the 60s. I found those on eBay, actually. So I had been looking for some cool kind of yellowish swag lights. I have lots of Jim Beam bottles from the 70s. Here, here, there, there. Um, and they're actually still full of Jim Beam. It's kind of like a gas station because we have a lot of snacks. But um, it's, I think it's cozy. Production stops after 20 months in 1950 when the government forecloses on Carl Strandland. So it was internal in Washington. There were some people that didn't like uh, Carl Strandland and uh, were looking for anything to get him out. Carl was an individual that stood up to others. So maybe Lustron developed some, some enemies there. Right. I hadn't really thought about that, but I'm sure that's true. Uh, why should we, the lumber people, help you because you're cutting into all the houses we could have built. Every time I see one, no matter where I am, I'll pull over and make sure I take a quick picture. And Thanks to Tom and his daughter Jean, the childhood road trip game turns into a high school history project, which has now turned into a preservation project. If we did get an A on the project, thanks to Dad, <laughs> we do give him credit. <laughs> I was talking to my girlfriend last night, who I, we're still friends, who did the History Fair project with me, and she's like, I can't believe that this project, it's the longest lasting History Fair project in the world. I mean, we're going on 30 plus years now. Jean now runs a Facebook page where Lestron fans communicate and travel the country to visit these quirky metal homes before more are torn down to make way for people wanting the next evolution of the modern home. If you'd like to learn more about Lustron Homes, you can find Tom Fetter's book, The Lustron Home. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.